Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. When I was young, about 10 to 12 years old, I attended a denominational church. And God was starting to move in my life even then. And I would have questions in my heart that I wanted to ask God, but I didn't want to ask very loud because I thought, well, maybe he won't like these questions. I'm asking him. And I remember very specifically, we would have an Easter service. And several times we had a sunrise service at a person's house because they had a nice lake and a, a park and that kind of area. And we would go out there at sunrise and we would have our sunrise service for Easter. And several of those sun, um, sunrise services, they would hand me a cup that had a seed in it. And we're supposed to put the seed in the cup and we're supposed to watch this seed grow into a plant. And that had something to do with Jesus. I never really did catch it. But what I do remember is standing there, I had a couple of questions through those years. And one of the questions I asked and, and I asked it real quietly to myself. I kind of hoped that God didn't hear because I knew he wouldn't like it. But I thought to myself, what is the big deal? What is the big deal about Jesus rising from the dead? Didn't he raise Lazarus from the dead? What's the big deal about Jesus being raised from the dead? That was a question I had in my heart, even as a young child. Yes, it's okay to ask those questions. And you know what? God loves when you do. He does. He says, ask, you shall be forgiven. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. Well, he answered years later that question. I want you to turn with me to Romans 1. And what a glorious answer it is. Romans 1 verse 16. This is Paul speaking. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Not afraid to use it. Not afraid to trust in it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is. It is. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You need anything from God, you need a miracle, that's salvation. And how are you going to get it? The only way it comes is through the gospel. That's what that verse says. The gospel is, is the power of God. The ability of God, what God can do to your salvation. And that word salvation means anything you need. It could mean healing. It could mean money. It could mean uh, forgiveness. It could be deliverance. And it could be getting you out of that mess that you somehow got yourself into. That's salvation. And the only way that that power is going to work is through the gospel. Now, what's the gospel? Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. It's the actual bona fide definition of the gospel is here. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. This is Paul speaking. I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. How are you saved? You're saved through the gospel. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Notice that word preached. Paul preached the gospel. If you listen to what Jesus spoke and Paul spoke and Peter spoke, but all three of them said that they taught and preached. They teach and preach. 
You teach and preach. You know. I know. I've gotten emails. I know. I've worked it out. I had to work it out myself. You know, it says a woman cannot uh, teach or, or usurp authority over man, but it doesn't say she can't preach. She can't teach, but she can preach. You know what? I preach. I don't teach. I preach. I publish. I announce that Jesus died, that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day. That's what it says here. By which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received. How? That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. There is the gospel that's what the gospel is. The gospel is that Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. And Paul said, that's where the power is. That's where the power is. You know what? If you turn real quick to Luke 4, chapter, or verse 18, I want to show you something. This is Jesus. He was put into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He comes out of the wilderness. He was baptized of the Holy Spirit when he went in. And when he comes out, he can now move in the power of the Holy Ghost. And what's the first thing he says? He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because. Why is the Spirit of the Lord upon him? Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Do you see what Jesus preached? He preached the gospel. He preached his own death, burial, and resurrection. He preached the gospel. He didn't preach the law. Look in, those, look in those chapters. Look in those books. Jesus didn't preach the law. He preached the gospel. Paul preached the gospel. Peter preached the gospel. Timothy preached the gospel. They preached the gospel. What did they preach? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Why did they preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Go back to Romans 1. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. That's why they preached it. They wanted the power, the power of God. What's the use of having a God if he has no power? Why do we sit in pews that week after week after week worshiping a God that doesn't do a thing. We want a God with power. Well, guess where the power is? It's in the gospel. That power's in the gospel. Why is it in the gospel? I'll show you. I asked that to the Father. I said, why is there power? Why is the power in the gospel? Turn with me. We're going to go back to Numbers 14. I'm going to show you something. I love it. Oh, the depth, the depths of the, the gospel, the width of the gospel, the height of the gospel, the power of the gospel, if we will only walk in it. Numbers 14, verse 11. This is, this is Jehovah and Moses talking back and forth. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed them? I will smite them with a pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make a greater nation and mightier than they. The father was angry at this people because they wouldn't believe. They wouldn't believe. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it. 
For thou broughtest this people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. For they have heard that thou art Lord among this people, and thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and thy cloud standeth over them, and thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud and a pillar of fire by night. Now thou shalt kill all this people as one man, and then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he swore unto them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. Now listen to what Moses says in verse 17. And now I beseech thee. He's talking face to face with Jehovah. He said, now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great. Let the power of my Lord be great. Why? He says, uh, according as thou hast spoken, saying, the Lord is long-suffering, of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people. Pardon, let the power of my Lord be great, and pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy. Moses knew that to get those people into the land, they were going to have to be forgiven. And he knew that the only way to do that was the great power of God. Not a little power. He said, may the power of my Lord be great, great to pardon this people so we can get them in. It took great power for the Lord. And the Lord said, the next verse, I'll pardon them. I'll pardon him. Now, turn with me to Isaiah 53. Verse 4. This is Jesus on the cross. He says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. If you look those verses or those words up, surely he has borne our sickness, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains. Jesus on the cross had every sickness that has ever been found in this world. On his own body, he took our sickness, all sickness, cancer, uh, rheumatoidism, all sicknesses, uh, sexual transmitted diseases, all sicknesses, the flu, all sicknesses were put on the body of Jesus. All pain. Why? We said it last week. For God so loved the world, he took it for you. Jesus took on all sickness. He says, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. On the cross, Jesus took the iniquity of the whole world. And you know who's part of the whole world? You are. Your iniquity went on that body. What you did went in not only on his body, it went into his soul. Jesus who knew no sin, became sin. Jesus, 
on the cross became a mass murderer. Jesus on the cross became a child molester. Jesus on the cross became a wife beater. Jesus on the cross became a liar. He became a thief. He became a drug addict. He became a drug dealer. He became a cartel worker. He became a murderer. He became everything. He became all sin. He took on your sin. Not just sin in general. He took on your sin. And that body and that soul that had your sin on it went into hell. It went into hell. And it had to, it had to, uh, set, it had to satisfy the Father concerning your sin. Concerning your sin. And you know what happened when Jesus died? He died the murderer. He died the child molester. He died the wife feeder. He died the mass murderer. He died the rapist. He died the, the Ku Klux Klan uh, hater. He died all of those things. He died a sinner, the worst. The worst. So now we've got the worst sinner ever in hell. How is he going to come out? How is the worst sinner in hell going to come out? And how is the man in hell that has every sickness and every disease and every um, curse on him, how are you going to get him out? How are you going to get that man out of hell? Yes, he was a man. You can't kill God. How are we going to get a man in hell that has every sickness and disease, every curse, every and poverty is a curse. How is he going to get that man out of hell that has every sin that has ever and will be committed out of hell? It's going to take a lot of power, folks. It's going to take a lot of power. Turn with me to Ephesians 1. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus died again. Lazarus is not alive today. The father had to get this man out of hell, and he had to pardon the sin of the whole world. The whole world to get him out. Ephesians 1 verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? You have to believe. You have to believe in it. You have to trust in it. It said, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Isaiah 53.10 says, the father saw the travail of that man in hell suffering for every sin ever committed Suffering with every sickness that has ever been discovered. Suffering with every curse that could ever be put on a man. He saw Jesus in hell with that suffering and he was satisfied with that sacrifice. He was satisfied with what Jesus did, suffering in hell for us. And when he was satisfied, that exceeding power of our heavenly father forgave our sin, healed our sickness, and put away every curse. And when he did that, that man came out of the grave. That man came out of the grave. You know why that man came out of the grave? Because God had enough power to forgive your sin. 
all of it, the sin of the whole world, if you look in 1 John 2, the sin of the whole world, the power of God was able to forgive and pardon and bring him out. Your sin has been forgiven. Your sin has been paid for. Why do you keep it? Why do you keep it? Give it to the Father. He knows what to do with it. Let's go on. It says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. Do you know when the Father used that power, his great power, and brought Jesus out of hell? Do you know that he totally put away death? He totally put it away. Death had no more power over Jesus. It had no more power over Jesus. Death was put down. Death was conquered by the faith of Jesus. The Jesus had faith in the Father, and the Father came and got him out, and death was destroyed. Do you know that if you trust in the man that was raised from the dead, the man that the Father came and got out, if you put your trust in him, if you realize that your sin has been paid for, if you look at that death, burial, and resurrection and the power that the Father used to get him out of hell, when you look at that, when you trust in that, when you call on Jesus to use that same power in you, did you know that you can? You can use the same power Jesus had used on him to bring him out of the grave. Do you know that's available to you? Do you know that the Father just didn't do it once? He will do it again and again and again and again because of what Jesus did. Amen. You know, there was a day once when my house was, for, uh, was, was put into foreclosure. And then I had one week and I'd come up with $10,000 or I was going to lose my house. You know, I had no money. I had no way of getting money. I had no way of borrowing money. I had no credit. I had nothing. I had nothing but the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Nothing but the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. When that man went to hell, he paid for my poverty. Do you know I looked to God? I was in my kitchen and I said, Father, if you want the house, you can have it. But I'm looking at you. I am looking at you. Jesus died for me. He was buried for me. He was raised again for me. And do you know what? The next day, a man came in our sign business, ordered a sign that we had never done and was more money than we had ever charged. And he handed us a check for $10,000. And I got my house out of foreclosure. Why? Because I called on the name of Jesus, the man that was raised from the dead. Call on him and watch him deliver you. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.